Good morning, everybody. Good morning, and welcome to Bankery Christian Fellowship Church. Uh, my name is Mark, and it's my pleasure to be able to welcome you here to our family service this morning. And it's great to have some kids, and I'm sure we will have more arriving shortly, as is usually the case. Um, but it's wonderful to have people of all ages and all backgrounds and all stages here to be able to, to come together as church, as a family, to come and to worship God together. Um, so as it's a family service, we're all going to be sticking in here today. There won't be any junior church for the younger ones. We'll all be uh, learning together and worshiping together, which is a great joy to be able to do. If you do feel you need to step out for any reason, um, you can always go into the atrium. There is a creche as well available, but um, you don't need to step out for, for my sake. Um, it'd be great to have some, some children's noise around here today would be great. Uh, after the service, there will be some time for, for tea and coffee. And if you're a visitor, and if you're not, please stick around and let's get to know each other a bit better. And um, yeah, just enjoy that, that time of, of social fellowship together, um, and let's just enjoy that. Uh, I wonder, as you come to church this morning, what thoughts do you have about God? What is His, his attitude towards you? You know, we come to church, and we, we come to, to sing, and we come to worship God. If we're believers in Jesus Christ, we come here this morning recognizing that God is our Savior, and we come to give Him thanks for all that He has done for us. But there's a verse that we've been looking at in junior church for the past month that tells us that actually this morning, we are not the only people singing. It tells us that, in fact, God sings. Uh, Zephaniah chapter 3, verse 17, is our memory verse that we've been doing, and I'm sure you know it already. Um, but let me read it for you. Zephaniah chapter 3, verse 17 says this. It says, The Lord your God is in your midst, a mighty one who will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you by his love. He will exalt over you with loud singing. And just in case we think that, that God is rejoicing over us, and singing over us because we are so lovely and we are so worthy. Well, actually, we just need to flick back a couple of pages and, in fact, a few lines, and we will see, actually, the people that God rejoices over were people that were rebellious, people that were rotten, people that really are not lovely at all. And we can relate. We, each of us, I think, if we're honest with ourselves, we can relate this morning that we were not people that, that merited God's love, that God would sing and rejoice over us. But because of Jesus Christ, because of God's grace and His mercy, you know, He redeems us and He makes us new and He, he will rejoice over us with singing. And that is something worth singing about, that this God who is in our midst this morning is a mighty God who saves, who saves people like you and me. And so this morning we come to, to worship Him and to offer our thanks for Him who is our rescuer. Let's, let's pray to God as we open our service. Our Heavenly Father, we thank You that we can sing that Jesus Christ is our rescuer. 
even though we do not deserve it. In fact, we deserve the very opposite of a rescuer. But Father, we thank you that in your love, in your mercy, and your grace, you send Jesus Christ to rescue sinners like me. Father, would you help us this morning to remember all that you have done for us and to give you the thanks and the praise and the worship that you deserve. In Jesus' name, amen. So this morning, we take a break from our usual teaching pattern. Uh, we have been going through Exodus, but on a family service, we like to fit in with what has been happening in the junior church classes. And recently in junior church, can any of the children tell me the last two weeks, what is the name of the man that you have been learning about? Here's a test. Eva. Daniel. Great. We have been looking at Daniel and we've been looking at his life in a place called Babylon. He was taken away from his home and he was forced to live as a foreigner, as an exile in this, in this foreign land. And we've seen how he reacted and how he stood firm and how he held fast to God in a really, really difficult time. Now, this morning, we're going to do the next bit of the story in Daniel, and it's Daniel chapter 6. And I'm going to ask Elizabeth if she would come and read the first bit of Daniel chapter 6, verses 1 to 18, and then we'll look at this together. Good morning. So, Daniel chapter 6. It pleased Darius to set over the kingdom 120 satraps to be throughout the whole kingdom, and over them three presidents, of whom Daniel was one, to whom these satraps should give account, so that the king might suffer no loss. Then this Daniel became distinguished above all the other presidents and satraps because an excellent spirit was in him. And the king planned to set him over the whole kingdom. Then the presidents and the satraps sought to find a ground for complaint against Daniel with regard to the kingdom. But they could find no ground for complaint or any fault because he was faithful and no error or fault was found in him. Then these men said, we shall find no ground for complaint against this Daniel unless we find it in connection with the law of his God. Then these presidents and satraps came by agreement to the king and said to him, O King Darius, live forever. All the presidents of the kingdom, the prefects and the satraps, the councillors and the governors are agreed that the king should establish an ordinance and enforce an injunction that whoever makes petition to any god or man for 30 days, except to you, O king, shall be cast into the den of lions. Now, O king, establish the injunction and sign the document so that it cannot be changed according to the law of the Medes and the Persians, which cannot be revoked. Therefore, King Darius signed the document and injunction. When Daniel knew that the document had been signed, he went to his house where he had windows in his upper chamber open towards Jerusalem, and he got down on his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before God as he had done previously. 
Then these men came by agreement and found Daniel making petition and plea before his God. Then they came near and said before the king concerning the injunction, O king, did you not sign an injunction that anyone who makes petition to any god or man within thirty days except to you, O king, shall be cast into the den of lions? The king answered and said, The thing stands fast, according to the law of the Medes and the Persians, which cannot be revoked. Then they answered and said before the king, Daniel, who is one of the exiles from Judah, pays no attention to you, O king, or the injunction you have signed, but makes his petition three times a day. Then the king, when he heard these words, was much distressed and set his mind to deliver Daniel, and he labored till the sun went down to rescue him. Then these men came by agreement to the king and said to the king, Know, O king, that it is a law of the Medes and Persians that no injunction or ordinance that the king established can be changed. Then the king commanded, and Daniel was brought and cast into the den of lions. The king declared to Daniel, May your God, whom you serve continually, deliver you. And a stone was brought and laid on the mouth of the den, and the king sealed it with his own signet and with the signet of his lords, that nothing might be changed concerning Daniel. Then the king went to his palace and spent the night fasting. No diversions were brought to him, and sleep fled from him. Amen. To be continued. Okay. So this story that we have started in Daniel chapter 6, one of the things that Daniel has to think about straight away, and it's something that we all have to think about actually, is what is really important? So I need a lot of helpers here. I need about six or seven kids. I'm going to need a heap of you. Come on. Oh. Are we going to need your parents to come up instead? There we go. All right, James, can you hold that up so everybody can see? Malachi, here's one for you. Oh, there we go, Malachi. If you can hold that one up for everybody to see. Samuel, if you can hold that one up. Oh, great, we've got loads of helpers now. There we go, Eliana. There's one for you, Maisie, and Eva, I'm going to leave you without one because I'm going to need your special help. Okay, so guys, if you can line up across here so that everybody can see what's on your pieces of paper, and if we put them on the big screen, we'll see actually what things we've got. Maybe you'll come down here with me, Eva. So every day, you know, all of us have things that are important to us in our life. So we have health. We've got food, we've got school and games, family and home and water. So these are the things that I want you to decide, Eva. I want you to put them in order. What is most important? So we'll put the most important things over this end. So family up this end, okay. <laughs> okay, so 
Eliana, do you want to move up this side? Move right up to the end there. Okay, what's next for you? You need to keep it up so everybody can see. So we've got home next, okay. <laughs> so go with, there we go. You go in between Eliana and Malachi, okay. You can shift down a wee bit for me, Maisie, to fill in the gap. There we go. We've got health next, okay. Food and water together, okay. I see where school is going to end up. Okay. School and then games, okay, great. Okay, well done. You can, you can have a seat again. And you can all put these pieces of paper back. Thank you very much. Okay, so we all do this every day. We decide what's important to us, don't we? We might not actually have a list in our head about what is the most important, but what if there was, what if there was one of those things that was the most important? What if there was something that actually you would be, if there was something on that list that you'd be prepared to give up everything else just to have that one thing? Or to put it another way, I wonder, I wonder how you would react if there was something you were told you absolutely couldn't have. So let's say it was games on that list. You were not allowed to have games or you're going to get in trouble. Now, are you going to play the games or are you not? Well, I guess it depends how big the trouble is that you're going to get into, right? If, if you're going to get in a lot of trouble for doing something that you were told not to, then you might not do it. But here, what if I told you, rather than you're not allowed to play games, you're not allowed to breathe. You're not allowed to breathe. What are you going to do? You can't not breathe. It's too important. It's too important. And it doesn't matter how bad the punishment I threaten is, you're going to keep breathing. There's nothing I'm going to do that's going to stop you. Well, Daniel, he was told that there was something he was not allowed to do. And you know what? It was more important than breathing. It was something that he was not allowed to do, and it was more important than breathing. What was that thing? Can anybody remember from the reading? Samuel, can you remember? He wasn't allowed to pray to his God. He was not allowed to pray to God because there were some jealous people who didn't like how popular Daniel was getting in the kingdom. He didn't, they didn't like how much the king liked Daniel, and they wanted to get Daniel in trouble, so they made the king write a law, a very bad law, that said nobody in the whole kingdom was allowed to pray to anybody except the king. Now, for Daniel, he couldn't stop praying because it was too important. It was more important even than living because the law said that anybody who did pray to God would be thrown to the lions. And now these lions were not cuddly and friendly. These lions were hungry and ravenous and powerful, and they would eat you alive. And Daniel knew that if he prayed to his God, he would get thrown to those lions. But praying to God 
was more important than even staying alive. That might be very hard for us to think why that would be the case. But we need to understand what it was Daniel was doing. See, for Daniel, prayer, it wasn't just something he did on a Sunday. It wasn't just a religious thing that he did. Prayer was about knowing the living God. Prayer was about being in a relationship with God and recognizing that he needed God more than anything in the whole world. For Daniel, being a Christian wasn't just something he did on a Sunday. In fact, being a Christian wasn't really something Daniel did. It was who he was. So he couldn't stop doing it. Knowing God was too important because knowing God gives life not just here and now, but knowing God gives us life forever and eternity. It means that we are in a relationship with Him forever. Even if the worst thing on the world happened to us now, knowing God is worth more than anything because knowing God means life forever. And Daniel, he was so confident in this. He was so confident in God that what did he do when the law was passed, when it was written that no one was allowed to pray? He didn't hide away, did he? He went to his room with a window where people could see him, and he faced Jerusalem, and he continued to pray to God just as he always did, and he was caught. He was caught breaking the law that meant he had to be thrown to the den of lions, and then we would see where Daniel's hope really was, because you see, when Daniel was in trouble, he continued to pray to God. Who could rescue Daniel from this trouble? Could King Darius? Could King Darius? Can anybody remember what King Darius did when the law was passed and Daniel was caught and was sent to the lion's den? Well, he stayed up all night. And he stayed up all day, in fact, till, day, till the end of the day. And he thought, how can I rescue Daniel? How can I rescue Daniel? The king, the most powerful man in the whole of the kingdom, was powerless to help Daniel, and he had to throw Daniel into the lions. And he said something to Daniel as he threw him in. He said, may your God, whom you serve continually, deliver you. Even the king knew he was powerless to rescue Daniel, but he hoped, he hoped that God might be able to rescue him. See, in the face of death, in the face of the worst thing that he could have faced, the king was no hope to Daniel. Only God was hope to Daniel. And so these are the, the first two things I want us to remember, that, that knowing God is the most important thing that there possibly is. Knowing God is the most important thing because our hope is found in Him alone. Even in the face of death, we can have hope in God. Now, we're going to sing a song together that reminds us all where our hope comes from. And it says, where is our hope in life, or what is our hope in life and death? Christ alone. So Daniel, he's been thrown into this den of lions, 
and there was a stone that was placed over the entrance so he couldn't get out. And the king, he can't sleep that night. He cannot eat. And he can't stop thinking about what is happening to Daniel in that den of lions. Let's read what happens next. Verse 19 of Daniel chapter 6. Then at the break of day, the king arose and went in haste to the den of lions. As he came near to the den where Daniel was, he cried out in a tone of anguish. The king declared to Daniel, Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God whom you serve continually forever has your God, whom you serve continually, been able to deliver you from the lions? And then Daniel said to the king, O king, live forever. My God sent his angel and shut the lion's mouth, and they have not harmed me because I was found blameless before him. And also before you, O king, I have done no harm. Then the king was exceedingly glad and commanded that Daniel be taken up out of the den. So Daniel was taken up out of the den, and no kind of harm was found on him because he had trusted in his God. And the king commanded, and those men who had maliciously accused Daniel were brought and cast into the den of lions. They, their children and their wives, and before they reached the bottom of the den, the lions overpowered them and broke all their bones in pieces. Then King Darius wrote to all the peoples, nations, and languages that dwell in all the earth, peace be multiplied to you. I make a decree that in all my royal dominion, people are to tremble and fear before the God of Daniel, for he is the living God, enduring forever. His kingdom shall never be destroyed, and his dominion shall be to the end. He delivers and rescues he works signs and wonders in heaven and on earth. He who, was, who, he who has saved Daniel from the power of the lions. So this Daniel prospered during the reign of Darius and the reign of Cyrus the Persian. Amen. This is an incredible story. Before I talk a little bit more, for you kids, there is some activity sheets and they're right at the back. So if you want to make your way to the back, Lisa will help hand out some activity sheets and some pens for you. <clears throat> but here we have an incredible story, a story of, of rescue, when all hope, when all hope seemed to be lost, we see that God delivers Daniel from a hopeless situation. The king, he comes and he shouts and he asks Daniel, has your God been able? Has he been able to deliver you? And there's a moment of silence, and then he hears Daniel shout, yes. Not only is Daniel delivered, he was delivered because God was there with him. God sent his angel to shut the lion's mouth so he wasn't harmed, and not even a scratch was found on him. You know, this, the song that we sang a little bit earlier that tells us something that every story shouts, the rescue story of Jesus. We see it so much in the stories of Daniel. We see 
the living God present here. And we see it here that the living God is present in the lion's den. We see so many reminders in this story of the story of the greatest rescue story. You know, in in this story in Daniel chapter 6, we see a man who trusts God, a man who there is no fault found in him. We see a man, though, who is schemed against. There's jealous, wicked people who want him dead, and they will stop at nothing to make it happen. We see a man who is sentenced to death when he doesn't deserve it. And we see a man where his trial is conducted by weak kings and rulers who have no power to help. And we see, we see him sentenced to death. And we see a stone placed over the place where he is laid sealing his place. And, and we see, don't we, in this story where everybody expected to find a dead body, there's life. There's life. And, and so much of this story, we can see the story of Jesus Christ. He was the perfect, is the perfect man. And he is perfect God. Jesus Christ lived the perfect life, but although he was perfect, wicked people schemed against him to sentence him to death. And he was placed on a cross. And here's the difference between the story of Daniel and the story of Jesus. Although Daniel was spared death, Jesus wasn't. Jesus, he died on that cross. And he was buried in a tomb. And over that tomb was placed a stone. But we see that 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 tomb and that stone could not keep Jesus there. Jesus rose again to life. And where everybody expected on the third day to find a dead body, we have a risen Jesus. He is able to overcome death. He is able to overcome sin. And so this morning, we know that God is our only hope in life and death. Christ alone, Christ alone is our hope in life and death because He is the one who is both man and God. He is the one with the power to conquer even death. And, and we know that Jesus died as an innocent man, but he, he died for guilty people. He died for, for guilty people like me and like you, people who have offended the holy God who created the universe and everything in it. You know, we were created to know God, to have a relationship with Him. That most important thing there is we were created for that, but, but through our own choice and our actions, we separated ourselves from that relationship with God. But the good news is that this most important of relationships that there is can be ours because of Jesus Christ, because of His death and His conquering the grave. 
because He is alive, we can have hope, and we can know that He is the most important thing that there is. You know, if everything else in our life is stripped away, if family and health, if homes and schools and games and all of the things that we enjoy, if these things are stripped away, there is something that if we have Christ, we can never lose. There is a a, a missionary once, and he said that he is no fool who gives up what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. There's a man called Jim Elliott, and, and he, he flew into a tribe that had never heard about Jesus because he wanted them to know about this most important relationship. And he was killed telling people about Jesus, telling people about the most important relationship there possibly was, and he said it was worth it. He said, I was no fool. This was a diary that he wrote before he went there. But this is what he would say. I was no fool to give up my life, to gain what I could not lose. And what we cannot lose is eternal life in Christ Jesus. When we have him, we have everything, even though we may lose everything. Let's sing again as we close our time together. As we close this this time of our service, let's sing a song that tells us that Jesus is all I need. This is a new, new day. And this is the experience for Christians. You know, it says, Jesus, you are all I need. Thank you that you died for me. Help me know you'll always be here with me. I am weak, but you are strong. When I stumble, you hold on. Help me turn away from sin and worship you. It's a new, new day to sing your praise. King Darius, when, when he saw all that would ha- had happened in that den, he said about God, he is the living God, enduring forever. His kingdom shall never be destroyed and his dominion shall be to the end. He delivers and rescues He works signs and wonders in heaven and on earth. He who has saved Daniel from the power of the lions. Let's just spend a moment to pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this true story of of Daniel in the lion's den. And we thank you that you are the living God, that you are the living God who was in that den so that no harm would come to Daniel. And you are the living God today. You are the living God who rescues us from a much worse fate than even lions. You you rescue us who trust in Jesus from eternal death that our sins deserve. You, You rescue us from being separated from you and never knowing you. Father, when we trust in Jesus, we can know you, and we thank you for that. We thank you that we can have life in Jesus. Lord, would you help us this morning to turn from our sin and to trust in Jesus and to have forgiveness and eternal life. Father, we thank you that you have brought us here again this morning to worship you. 
And Lord, would you help us to live lives of worship, help us to live lives that reflect that knowing you is the most important thing there is. Lord, help us not to just contain our worship to this hour on a Sunday morning. Lord, help us to live lives that speak of how good you are. Help us to do that this week at school. Help us to do that this week at work and in the shops, in our streets. Lord, help us to live lives that show that you are the most important thing there is, that knowing you is the best thing that we can have. Father, we do pray for the children here, and we thank you for them. We thank you that they are precious to you. Lord, we pray that they might know Jesus, that they would know him as their Savior. And Father, we do thank you for Street Kids Direct, who work with with children in South America. And Lord, we pray that they would be helped in their, their outreach, in their mission, where they're helping children in very difficult situations. Lord, would you help them to to know that knowing you is the most important thing there is. And Father, we, we pray for other churches in our area, and we pray especially for Gilcomston South this month. Lord, we pray that you would help them and help that congregation to know you. And we pray that you would help Jerry as he preaches, that he would preach clearly the gospel. So, Father, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for today. We thank you that this is a day that you have made, that we might praise you, and we pray that you would help us to do that by the power of your Holy Spirit. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.